This is the New Kind of Man podcast, and this happens to be episode 65, where we're talking to Ted Scheimer, and we're talking about The Freedom Fight. It's a book that he has released, talking about his great work that he is doing to help men to recover from porn addiction. So he's doing a great work. This is a conversation I've been wanting to have for a very long time. This impacts all of us, and I'm grateful to be able to bring this conversation to you. It's going to be great. We'll get to that in just a minute. But first, I want to bring to your attention something I've been talking about for the last couple weeks. If you would like to receive a quick email blast, a one-time email blast a week, there's going to be no sales pitch, none of that garbage. I hate that stuff. I would not put that on you. But if you would like to receive an email from me, directly from me, go to uh, to the link in the show notes for the New Man Report. It is a weekly Email is just a little masculine inspiration. That's what it is, just a little inspiring, uh, kind of quick and punchy, inspiring email that you receive from me, and it's called The New Man Report. I have a growing number of men who are signing up for this and subscribing. They want this. Perhaps you do too. This movement uh, that we call New Kind of Man is not a one-person movement. It's a, a movement of all of us. When we all embrace becoming better men and new men, we all benefit. So uh, it's it's a good work, and I'm so grateful that you're in this journey uh, with me. And also, if you are, uh, maybe you're, you're on IG and you just want to connect with me through Instagram, I want you to know that I have most of my things through A New Kind of Man. You can find that at A New Kind of Man on IG. But also, I have a personal page that I just share personal things, not all just the, the guy stuff, but it's my personal page. So if you want to know more about me personally, you can go over to at Chad Zook, C-H-A-D-Z-U-E-C-K, at Chad Zook on IG, and you'll be able to see the family stuff and different things that are inspiring me, different things that I'm a part of that you won't be able to see at A New Kind of Man. If you're interested, those things are there for you, gentlemen. Well, now, I'm so grateful that Ted and I had this conversation, and now I get to share it with you. And stay tuned, because we talk about the six roots of porn addiction and how to combat the underlying causes. We also talk about how marriage will not fix a porn problem. That is a common mistake that most men seem to think from one time or another that marriage will just fix a porn problem. It does not, and he talks about why. He also talks about how shame forms a stronghold to keep men captive to porn, thus driving the addiction even further. We talk about the neuroscience behind porn addiction, and also we talk about how now the studies are coming out that children are having their first connection with pornography at a much younger age than what you may even think. So we need to educate our children on how to combat and also stay away and put up safeguards to protect our children. This is a deep conversation, but it's a necessary conversation. And here it is. Well, today on the show, we have Ted Scheimer. Ted Scheimer is a part of a movement and also the author of a book called The Freedom Fight. And Ted and I are going to talk about one of the most, I would say, controversial topics that men face today. And I think uh, we'll get to the root of maybe why they're so con- why this issue is so controversial and why so few actual guys talk about it, but yet um, it is so needed. So, Ted, it's great to have you on the show today. I can't wait for us to get into this valuable conversation. Hey, Chad, thanks for having me, man. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to 
is before we even talk about this, I'm going to give a little spoiler as to what the conversation is going to be cycled around. But I want to share some statistics and then I want to kind of get into your story, Ted, as to why you picked this field of study, because you're a bright guy. I read your book. Everybody needs to read this book that, that you have written. Um, but I know you could have done a lot of things, but I want to get to your question or to that question as to why this this thing for you. But I want to share these statistics first. Monthly porn usage is 65% for non-Christian men and 64% for Christian men. Virtually the same number, virtually no different. In a Barner uh, survey from 2016, only 55% of adults, 25 or older, believe that pornography is wrong. And nine out of 10 college males are looking at porn. That was a staggering statistic from page 34. And this you also share because I think this, there's a misnomer here, that sex addiction recovery, uh, this expert by the name of Dr. Ted Roberts, he said that in his experience, only 2% of people receive the miracle of instant deliverance from porn addiction. A lot of times the misnomer here is, oh, if I just stop, then it's just, I'm just not gonna have the inkling anymore. I'm not gonna have the urge anymore. All my habits are gonna change. And what Dr. Roberts says from his experience, only two, excuse me, only 2% of men actually have that experience. So it's a weighty topic, the topic of porn. Why is it that you felt the urgency and need to pour your life into this, Ted? Yeah, well, that's a great question, man. You know, because, um, you know, my wife and I, we met in college uh, through a college ministry. We came on staff with that ministry back in the early 90s. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, build men, you know, build men who are, you know, dedicated followers of Christ. And, you know, and it was interesting, Chad, because in the early to mid 2000s, uh, we started seeing this uptick in the number of our student leaders who were struggling with a pornography addiction. Hmm. And man, the old focus of, hey, more accountability, more prayer, more scripture memory, man, it wasn't working. It was, hmm. You know, God, you know, there was something different and deeper going on with this addiction that we hadn't seen before. So much so that in 2007, you know, as a ministry, we were like, we identified pornography as the biggest obstacle to our vision of building spiritual leaders for Christ. Hmm. Um, and so we recognized, hey, we're either going to, you know, deal with this issue and find real solutions that lead to lasting freedom or we're going to have to lower our standards on leadership. Mm. And, and we just recognized that we had this huge hole in our discipleship. And so back in 07, that's really when I started my deep dive into this topic, mm. you know, searching for solutions. And, um, you know, because we recognized that, man, it was such a, you know, massive deal. And, you know, it wasn't an, a, an easy or quick fix, you know, kind of like the stat you just shared. Um, and so, you know, back in 07, that's when we started, you know, all of our staff guys started going through a porn addiction recovery program so that we could be better equipped in the context of, of making disciples. And, you know, it's interesting because that was in 07 and there was a piece of technology that came out at the end of 07 called the iPhone. And so what we thought was a dire situation, uh, was about to get dramatically worse, mm -hmm. um, and so anyway, that's really what, you know, precipitated my deep dive into this, you know, topic. I got trained as a sex addiction uh, therapist 
And, you know, I've walked with men through 20 different, you know, porn addiction recovery programs. And, and through that process, you know, it really became clear, hey, what are those principles that lead to lasting freedom? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when we, you know, created the, the Freedom Fight program, which is our free, you know, online program that, you know, we, we wanted to make available to set men free. Amen. Yeah, I can get behind that cause 100%. You know, in I think one of the I'm just kind of break down another misnomer. One, one of the misnomers is I can just quit when I want to for most guys. Um, and that it's not that easy. You know, as per that statistic, only 2% of the people have that as a miracle that they have this addiction that they can break free in that regard. And some of that I get was uh, not necessarily scientific. It was from his experience, which it means a lot coming from him. Uh, but one of the things that you just pointed to do to also, and I think that adds to another kind of a misnomer, if you will, another thought we really have to dig into, it's because of the iPhone. You mentioned that at the latter part of 2007. Now there's people with iPhones and particularly children with iPhones. So this isn't just an epidemic anymore of what it was whenever I was first exposed to pornography in fifth grade, you know, when when somebody had a, a magazine, a little pinup, and you open it up and you go into the bathroom with the rest of the guys and you look at it and you're like, oh my goodness, I've never seen this before. Now, uh, what you say in the book, and I'll just allow you to kind of speak into this, is because of the usage of iPhones and computers and Pornhub and the different things that are out there, porn usage is happening at such an early age. What is that approximate age that, yes. that there's uh, the first porn exposure? You know, and there's, there's two different studies I refer to in the book. Um, you know, one says eight, another one says 11. Uh, and so it's between eight and 11, which, you know, is, you know, it's getting younger. Um, and here's the thing, Chad, that a lot of people don't realize, because, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, man, porn's been around, you know, for a long time. Each generation just has to deal with it. But those who make that argument don't appreciate that this, the, the porn with the new technology is different than the porn of yesteryear. Yes. Before 2006, most of the pornography on the internet that people were consuming were photographs. Mm-hmm. You could get videos, but because it, of dial-up, it took forever. And so most people were looking at photographs. Well, that all changed with high-speed you know, internet in 2006. And so it became possible to watch an endless buffet of hardcore videos mm-hmm. you know, forever. And, and then in 07, when that got delivered to the smartphone, you know, now everybody has their own personalized porn theater in their pocket or purse. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when a person has private access to porn, that's when an addiction, you know, is birthed. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, it's, it's really, you know, significant in, you know, one of the the first chapter of my book is, you know, a, a tsunami is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, because when this younger generation that has been raised on porn, like the, you know, the likes of which we've never seen before, that so much porn being consumed at such young ages, um, you know, it's insane. I was, you know, on a program yesterday with live callers, a radio program and a mom, you know, called in and she shared the heartbreaking story of her 10 year old daughter who's addicted to porn. Uh, at, at age 10. And, you know, her daughter told her when her mom, you know, caught her that mom, I don't want to look at this, but I can't help it. Uh, and so, 
that's, you know, there, there is a significant, um, you know, level of addiction. And that's one of the things that, you know, I, I love talking to men that I want to encourage men to think, hey, I don't want to just get free for myself, but I want to find freedom because, man, there's a whole generation coming behind us mm-hmm. that, that need to look for some leaders who can, you know, help point the way. And so, I, you know, I want to encourage men as they, they think through this topic, you know, don't just think through it, you know, hey, what's in it for me? But, man, obviously our family, you know, the Lord first, but also this next generation that is more addicted than any that we've you know, ever seen before. I was really challenged when I was reading the book because in multiple ways, but in this regard, I would say I was challenged because, you know, so many times in the past where somebody would maybe confide in me and whether it was a teenager or a man who would say, Hey, I'm, I'm battling with, with pornography and I cannot shake it. So obviously that spells of, of an addiction. Right. And so what I was convicted of is there's been so many times where I didn't have an adequate answer. And my answer was, I mean, I just trying to do our best. And I think most men in this regard, we try to do our best. We, we, but we, we are just ill-equipped. We don't have the tools. So what we say is, well, have you prayed about it? Uh, yeah, I've been praying. I've been praying about it for the last five years and I can't break yeah. it. Do you read your Bible every day? All right. So do you try and hold every thought captive and better, but like when it comes in, what do you think about it? I'm like, never mind. Don't tell me what you're thinking about. It's like all of these types of things. I don't think we are well educated enough and truthfully, we are ill-prepared to help the next generation unless people like you bring about books like this to say, hey, here's the nuts and bolts approach to being free from porn addiction. And not only for you to be free, like you just said, Ted, but also to allow somebody else to live in freedom. Because ultimately, this isn't about us. I mean, for us, we become men in the accompaniment of other men. We become good men in the accompaniment of other good men. So I want to inspire men to take the steps that they need to live free from porn addiction. You know, you mentioned this just a couple of minutes ago, you know, uh, and I'll just allow you to respond to this. This, I'm just going to give this statement and then you respond as you see fit. Um, if I watch porn, I'm not going to become addicted. Well, you know, from, you know, speaking from, you know, a Christian you know, perspective. It's like, hey, that may be true. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, I watched one time. Um, you know, you know, obviously, you know, Jesus warned us against fleshly lust, uh, visual lust, when he said, you have heard that it was said, if anyone lusts, uh, do not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has committed adultery already with her in his heart. Mm-hmm. And, and so just recognizing and, you know, Jesus set, per, you know, parameters, uh, but also in 1 Peter 2.11, it says, fleshly lust wages war against the soul. Mm. And, you know, it's interesting of all the things God could use to describe how fleshly lust, like pornography, impacts a person. He says it wages war against the soul. Mm. Um, and so, you know, just recognize, man, from a biblical perspective, you know, to say, you know, it'd be kind of like, man, eating a little bit of rat poison, man, it's not going to kill me. It's like, well, that may be true, but is that a good idea? You know, it's like, right. It's, uh, and, you know, and I think that's, that's how the enemy gets guys 
it's like, hey, just one look, yeah. uh, you know, and I, and I don't know how many, you know, stories I've heard that it's actually the first look was the hook. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, uh, and that's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is, man, the, the dopamine rush that is created from porn um, is significant. And man, it, it hooks guys. And, you know, and this is, you know, we'll get into this, you know, later, but this is when a, an addiction goes deeper. And I think it's important for guys to understand this is maybe it starts off as curiosity, then, hey, there's the sexual pleasure, but very quickly it goes to this. When people start using that dopamine high to medicate the negative emotions of life. Mm-hmm. So whether that's stress or anxiety, then all of a sudden the stress at work becomes the trigger, you know, to want to go act out with porn. Because here's the thing is the brain doesn't just release dopamine when we experience pleasure, but it also releases dopamine when we anticipate pleasure. And so when a person has used porn to medicate their, you know, stress or boredom or whatever it may be, then all of a sudden, next time they feel stressed, the brain releases dopamine to start the craving. Hey, mm-hmm. I know where we can go to feel a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. And so for so many guys, they'll say, man, this urge to use porn hit me out of nowhere. But usually when we go back and look at it, it's they've been using their porn to medicate you know, the pain and discomforts. And so the, that's when the addiction goes to a whole new level of depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we will dig into that more in just a, a couple of minutes when we talk about the addicted brain, because um, that's that's really what you're kind of touching on there, Ted. I, I want to just kind of break down another stereotype, and I just want to get these out of the way because I, I I know that they're not true, but this is what I've heard many times. If I if I just get married, it's going to cure my porn addiction. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. That, yeah, and that and that's a huge lie. Uh, because, and here's the thing, cause I hear that a lot working with, you know, college students, uh, yeah, I work with men of all ages, but you know, a lot of the men are college age, single guys. And so I hear that lie a lot because here's the deal that the porn pathway in the brain that is it's built upon voyeurism, you know, watching other people have sex and masturbation. That's a different pathway in the brain than healthy marital sex. Mm -hmm. This is one of the reasons, Chad, that we're seeing a huge uh, increase in porn-induced erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. It's because men, I mean, think about it. If you get an iPhone from 12 and you have been watching porn and masturbating, you know, for years, and then you have your first sexual experience, Man, your brain isn't ready for that. That's a different experience altogether. And so that's why, you know, you know, we've all seen those Roman commercials for the Roman app. It's like that whole app was created so that men don't have to go into their doctor and have the embarrassing conversation about why they need ED medicine. These guys in their 20s and 30s. Uh, and so, you know, it has, you know, it's, you know, we see teenagers struggling with porn-induced erectile dysfunction. And so you know, I would say to that person who has that mentality, hey, it's it's a huge lie because not only will it not take a, go away when you get married, it's actually going to multiply the pain for both you and your spouse. And it's a counterfeit because it's a counterfeit ultimately of what God had designed for sex to be. Uh, I sent to uh, to the community of men, I sent a weekly email blast and I did last week and it was called Sex is Like Fire. 
And the idea is sex is like fire because it, for fire, it needs a fire ring. It needs, it needs the beauty of covenant to hold that in. It's a, it's a wonderful thing, but it will scorch soul and soil is what I said. If, if, if that, if sex doesn't have the boundary of a covenant and pornography is a counterfeit, you know, for, for everything that, that God creates is good. Satan has, has created a counterfeit. There's a, there's a counter to it. And pornography is just one of the counters to the beauty that sex is supposed to have inside a marital covenant. And so part of that too is both of those, and you point this out in the book, both of those release dopamine. So, but yet what it doesn't release is, and I can't remember the chemical, but what it doesn't release is, is the other side that the skin on skin and, and not to be too graphic, but of just the, the, the physical touch aspect of, of the, the, not just the act of sex, but also cuddling and how that is actually just as uh, pleasing to the body because the chemicals are released excuse me, it's more so than just the pure dopamine rush from masturbating to pornography. And I yeah. can't remember if it's oxytocin. Yeah, it is oxytocin. And, uh, you know, and, and, that's a, and that's a really interesting, you know, deal because and it's what makes pornography addiction really unique, Chad, is because in other addictions, you have dopamine and chasing the dopamine high, as mm -hmm. you mentioned. Uh, but the added deal with porn is that when a person has an orgasm, oxytocin is released at a significant level. And so what, what we see happening in a unique way is porn is fake intimacy. Yes. That, and when a person is, is watching you know, porn and masturbating and has an orgasm, they, they're actually bonding because oxytocin creates this bond. And that, that's why you know, therapists call this dating porn is because guys develop this emotional connection. They don't even, this is at the sub subconscious level. They don't even realize it because, Hey, here's a place where I can go to feel significant. Here's a place where I can go to feel connected, to feel wanted, to feel enough. And, you know, all those things and that, and, you know, every guy is going to struggle with at some point or another that porn, as you said, is that counterfeit. But oxytocin creates this bond. And so there's a lot of guys that they're bonded to certain, you know, actresses, to certain video clips. Hey, maybe they'll watch a bunch, but they'll come back and finish to this one and mm -hmm. because there's this bond. And, and that's one of the things that gives pornography this mysterious pull in guys' lives is it's porn is, is means something to them mm -hmm. because it's, it's filling this need it's not just about the sex and, but I mean, there's this, this emotional connection piece. And so that's, that's an important aspect of, of the addiction for sure. Now you talk about change and I love how you, you talked about first order change and second order change and how they're different. And, and I'll just kind of go through and this is directly from your book, but this is what you said. First order change is this. It gives the illusion of change and can even have some results. The problem is that these changes do not last. And then uh, in addition to that, it says it's an attempt to control behavior by trying harder. This is just simply behavior modification in, in essence. So it is concrete action taken to solve a problem. It's a quick fix. That's, uh, that should be a lead into of true and significant change. 
Second order change you say is this. It happens when core beliefs are altered that anchor changes in lifestyle. And that takes place as people establish new structures, new relationships, and new practices in their lives. It is the adoption of a new mindset and lifestyle. That was a direct quote. Yeah. From your book. Kind of draw those out a little bit and just use uh, what I just said as a backdrop of the difference between what you consider anything you'd add to first order change and second order change and which one is best for a man to be free from porn addiction. Yeah. And the, um, you know, first order change, um, you know, is that surface level quick fix, you know, Hey, behavior modification. And man, particularly for a, a porn addiction, uh, man, first order change will not lead to lasting freedom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think one of the things with, with men in this topic is there's a lot of men who are discouraged. I was talking to a guy yesterday. He's like, man, I've, I've been through, I don't know how many different programs. I don't know how much money I've spent. Um, and yet, man, the freedom never lasts. And man, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm stuck and I'm addicted now more than ever. And, and so guys can get tired of trying. Um, and so it's important on the front end you know, to, to be real about, Hey, there's, there's the first order quick change. But if, if, a, if a, you really want change to last, you got to focus on that second order change that, Hey, I'm, I'm allowing God to change me. Cause you know, here's the thing, you know, about Jesus promise in, Matt, in uh, John eight thirty two mm-hmm. you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. And what we've discovered, Chad, is that, you know, before God's truth sets us free, it changes us. Yes. And because it changes us, the freedom lasts. Mm-hmm. And that's such an important, you know, idea is because a lot of people will quote that promise of Jesus and say, well, hey, I, you know, where's my freedom, man? I got Jesus, but, you know, hey, I'm, I'm not free, uh, you know, putting that, that, that promise in context, you know, he says, if you remain in my word, you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. And so being in that place of change, um, you know, is, is important. And so, you know, to be honest, uh, you know, a lot of guys will, they want to get rid of the guilt and shame part of their porn addiction. But if they're honest with themselves, they're not ready to give up the pleasurable escape mm-hmm. part of right. And they, they kind of want both. And it's important, you know, to be honest about that and, you know, recognize that, man, our hearts are deceitful. The Bible tells us above all else and are desperately sick. Who can understand it? And, and so our hearts deceive us and we can, and the nature of sin itself is deceitful. And so, you know, just recognizing that, hey, there's the quick fix and man, there is this lasting change that God wants to do in your life. And man, freedom is absolutely possible with second order change. Yeah. And I think that there's a element of that that is essential. You you talk about freedom and, and ultimately, I think a lot of times when people quote that passage or that, that verse from John 8, it's the idea that that freedom on your terms. But ultimately, yeah. <laughs> it's it's and it's like whatever my version of freedom is, instead of it's freedom in on the terms of Christ, but that freedom requires change. So it isn't, it's almost like this, it, it's a, it, again, I think that 
it gets confused because people think that idea is freedom to now I can just go out and I can go live the life that I want. And then yeah, I can go out and chase all these hedonistic things. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's that it's the truth that will set you free. And it's the truth of God's word that changes you. So in essence, freedom is changed through God's word yeah. through, through a relationship with God instead of the, you know, just simply, uh, freedom for freedom's sake. And I was also reminded of this and very much uh, speaks uh, about this of the prodigal son. You know, it says that the prodigal son had all these things. And I just, I just summarize uh, or all of that, just to say this part, he had everything from his, his father. He had his inheritance. He was set. He was ready to go. He didn't want that. He denied the father. And then he left and he lost it all. And it says, and I quote, when he came to his senses, and that was his, to use, you know, terms of, of people in, in recovery and addiction recovery, when he found rock bottom. Yeah. That was when he knew that he had to change. And I think then that is really what you talk about in the, sex, the second order change. It's, okay, I know that I need to change. My lifestyle is going to change. My, I've got to have some new structures, some new relationships, some new practices in my life, maybe a new community that I'm a part of. And therefore, that new mindset and lifestyle is going to be birthed out of that change because Jesus said the truth will set us free. And, and the reason why that the, the second order change is so important is because the root of addiction goes so deep. And you point out in the book that there are six different roots to or roots of this type of addiction, but you also are very practical and how to combat all of those. So I'd like to, for us to spend some time on those. If you could just list out what the six roots are, and then let's talk about maybe some action items as to how guys can win over those six things. Yeah. Well, and yeah, in our, um, in our program, we walk systematically through, you know, each of those roots of addiction. Uh, and so to, you know, to summarize, you know, the, the first route is the most obvious, the sexualized society, and sex is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, understanding that, the second route is the addicted brain. Mm -hmm. uh, the third route is isolation. Uh, the fourth is negative emotions. Mm -hmm. As we've talked about, we, you know, begin to medicate those. The fifth route is shame, uh, which most sex addiction therapists would say, Shame is the strongest of all the roots because it's connected to the others. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the sixth root is trauma. Um, and so recognizing that, you know, and as we, you know, look at, and then the book, The Freedom Fight, uh, you know, I, I have a chapter on, you know, each of those roots on the shame. Uh, I actually have three chapters because it's so interconnected with the others. But, um, you know, the sexualized society, you know, with each of these roots, we, the solution is an area of growth. And so as we talk about, man, God's truth wants to change us. One of the things that we talk about is, hey, a person doesn't just simply quit a porn habit. They must outgrow a porn habit. Hmm. Meaning, man, they have to grow and develop in certain areas in order to have that lasting freedom. And so we really want to, you know, cast that vision on the front end that, Hey, it, this is about outgrowing, you know, the porn addiction and developing in certain areas of your life. And so with the first root, the sexualized society, growing in personal holiness, 
recognizing, hey, what are my triggers? What are the boundaries I need to put in place? Um, you know, that, uh, you know, I need to, you know, establish a, you know, detox that, man, I'm where I'm walking in, you know, sobriety, because just like, you know, the alcoholic really can't begin to, you know, overcome his struggle until he puts the alcohol away. Yes. It's like the, the brain really can't hit reset until, you know, we have, you know, walked and detoxed. And so this is, you know, where we apply the, the principles of Jesus. Hey, if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. Mm-hmm. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. And so, you know, this is where, and we, we teach people how, how to lock up your iPhone, how to, you know, go, go on lockdown and, you know, all of those things that, you know, that's the very first step. And it's an important step. Uh, and, and, you know, it's also important that, Chad, a person uh, grow in their appreciation and conviction for personal holiness, that, hey, personal holiness isn't this, you know, boring lifestyle, but it's pursuing God's best for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, because if we don't have that perspective, then, man, going on lockdown, and all these things, man, it can feel like this, this uh, list of rules when it really is the pathway to the abundant life that God has for us, the pathway to freedom that and God has a race for us to run and he wants us to run it free. Mm-hmm. You know, as he says in, in Hebrews 12, one, that there is a the, lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance, the race set before us. And, uh, and so anyway, that's the, the, the first route is the sexualized society and, you know, taking those steps. And a lot of, you know, porn programs will kind of stop there with, hey, that's kind of the behavior modification. Uh, the second route is the, you know, addicted brain. Um, you know, and it was, we've, you know, talked a little bit about this, but. This uh, I thought was great. So it would be worthwhile to go through as much of this in detail as you want. I, I love this because this is really common language in a lot of either self-help books, maybe the guys are, are listening to, and it, just guys even pursuing any sort of personal development. What you talked about in here with the dopamine, oxytocin, which we've talked about those things, um, but also prefrontal cortex, uh, fight and flight, all of that stuff, the breathing techniques, combat breathing techniques you talk about. A lot of this stuff is found outside of the realm of pornography. And I really love the fact that you brought this into particular into the addicted brain to talk about it at the psychological level, because the the psycho, well, our theology needs to inform our psychology and our theology needs to inform our sociology, right? Everything about us cycles out of our good theology. So you can go and spend as much time as you want on this, because I think it's, there's going to be a lot of guys who've maybe heard common language here, but haven't attributed this to pornography or the addiction of pornography. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it is, it's good to, you know, understand a couple of key components of the brain, you know, as we talk about this, the limbic system, that's the, the survival brain, that's the emotional brain, that's the fight or flight part. Uh, and then the front part of our brain is the prefrontal cortex. And that's the logical brain. That's where we make moral decisions. That's where we have impulse control. So the front part of our brain, that's, those are our breaks. Uh, those are the, that's the part of your brain that's not fully developed until you're 25, mm. which is why they won't let you rent a car until then. Cause they don't trust you because you know, your brakes aren't full, aren't fully there. Right. Uh, and when a person starts using, you know, porn in a way to medicate 
you know, uh, negative emotion, you know, the survival brain, the emotional brain, and it goes, it goes into, you know, the survival mode. It's like, Hey, I'm releasing dopamine when I, you know, have this emotional trigger in the prefrontal cortex, you know, it, it's not operating, you know, efficiently or fully. Um, and so one of the things that we teach is the brace technique that helps a person, you know, it's really based on brain science and four biblical principles. And the first, the first is breathe deeply, getting more oxygen to your prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. That's something that Navy SEALs do, you know, in, in battle, Navy SEALs practice combat breathing because you could imagine their limbic system, their fight or flight is going crazy, mm -hmm. but they have to learn how to think logically, rationally, hey, what are the goals? Uh, and so, you know, getting oxygen to that part of the brain is huge, but then remembering the truth, you know, remembering God's word, because again, our front part of our brain, it makes moral decisions. It's logical. And so, you know, having you know, God's word on the, on the front part of our brain and then uh, asking God for help. The next one is uh, calling accountability. So breaking isolation instead of, because typically when a guy is triggered, he moves towards isolation. Hey, I'm going to go into the bathroom with my phone. I'm going to go into my room where I can be alone. And what, what you are doing is you're building a new pathway that, hey, when I'm triggered, first of all, I breathe and get oxygen. I remember the truth. I'm, I'm praying, asking God for help, but then I'm breaking isolation. And then the E is escape the situation. Hey, I'm leaving that private place and I'm going to a public place. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be around people. Um, and so it's a simple but it's a very, man, powerful uh, tool because here's the, the bottom line is you don't renew your mind by just repressing the old pathway. Mm -hmm. You have to build a new one. It's, yes. it's, it's about replace, not just repress. Mm -hmm. and, and it's so critical, you know, and we've, we've seen a lot of men set free when they've been consistent to practice that principle because hey, the, the trigger to use porn doesn't have to lead down this old pathway, but it actually can be a way to build a new pathway and get one more repetition because this is what we remind people. Repetition got you into this addiction and repetition will help get you out. Hmm. Repetition of a new pathway. And we've seen men that have been addicted for 40 years, Chad, that this brace tool has been the biggest difference that, you know, it's caused them to now be walking in freedom, you know, for some of these guys for three years now, and, wow. you know, after 40 years of addiction. And so uh, it's been powerful, but it's, again, Paul told us in Romans 12, two, transformation happens by renewing the mind. And, uh, you know, that's what we see. I love how science has finally caught up with, of how we truly change. Yeah. You know, and, and now science, again, because I, I was talking about the neuropower, you mentioned the neural pathways and dopamine, oxytocin. That research is kind of like it's out now, but I don't even know how long it's been out. I don't think it's even been out for maybe five or 10 years total of just what happens. And some people call it the monkey brain. I, I don't really like that terminology yeah. because it's it's making reference to, uh, you know, Darwinism and things like yeah. that, the stuff, the social Darwinism that, that I, I certainly don't believe in. And I'm sure you don't either, Ted, but absolutely. 
it's it's one of those it's one of those things to where I love the fact that finally science is caught up with what we know from God's word that that is how we're changed and then you know and then it answers the question I think a lot of guys and maybe it's a guy who's who's listening to this and they're they don't even necessarily have a porn addiction and maybe they're they're free of it maybe they're of the 2% they it was just miraculous but yet, and maybe the guy starts to think, well, I don't know that I can change. I, I'm so set in my ways. Um, I've been doing this for 30 years. And what you said is so liberating because you just said by testimonial, you've had a guy who, who was in porn addiction for 40 years. Old, man, think, think of those, think of a ditch. A neural pathway is like a ditch. I've seen an image of this. And it just looks like a big, well-worn ditch. And I'm saying, no, 40 years of that same ditch, but yet you can you start another one, you start another neural pathway and which means that you can change. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And it it is. And I, and I love what you just said, Chad is man science. The more we learn, the more it catches up with the Bible, what the Bible has been saying for thousands of years. You know, Jesus is the one that told us, Hey guys, you know, uh, visual lust don't go there. Yeah. You know, that, hey, it wages war against the soul, you know, in First Peter. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, just the more we learn about the brain, oh, man, what Paul said, that transformation really does happen by renewing the mind. And, yeah, and just all, all of those things. And, and I think that's an important point because, you know, one of the things that I've, you know, has been a sad part of guys struggling with porn is, man, it's really hurt their faith. It's man, it causes you, know, it causes doubts. It's like, man, Jesus said, Here I should be free, and the gospel promises freedom. What in the yeah. world's going on? I prayed, yeah, I've memorized my the verses, I've done all these things, and yet, man, where's my freedom? Yeah. And you know, man, it can really cause guys to struggle with their faith, and and so it's you know, important for, for guys to recognize that man, freedom is possible, yes, and it's. In God's word, he wants to change us. His, before he sets us free, part of the process of setting us free is changing us so that that freedom lasts. Mm-hmm. And, and just really recognizing that, man, God wants to do a work. And in, in what I've seen is when you're able to show guys passages of scripture that you know talk about, hey, here are God's boundaries. And let's just look at life when we don't stay in these boundaries, look at all the negative consequences. Yeah. Maybe God actually knows what he's talking about. Maybe the creator of sex knows where sex is supposed to be, you know, enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, cause when you get outside of that, those confines, man, look at the ED and all the broken relationship, you know, and yeah. just, I think those are faith building things. Um, and even within should, a marriage, you know, I've, uh, because of what I do, uh, I've, I've counseled guys through and they've kind of dabbled in, you know, well, you, you know, I still, I'm married, but I still, we, we actually view porn together and it helps us to prepare for, you know, for intimacy and all these things. And I'm like, and to me, and you, you just tear this apart in the book, which I was really thankful of, but to me, it's just, it breaks my heart because I'm like, now you're bringing multiple merit, you're bringing multiple partners into your marriage and then, and then the whole ED epidemic, which is everywhere, like every now and guys, if you've listened to the podcast so far, you're, you're 45 minutes, maybe an hour into this podcast, probably about 45 into it right now. Every time you see an ED commercial, I want you to think about this podcast, which 
it, it, tonight, if I don't have time to watch TV tonight, but if I watch TV tonight, regular cable TV, how many ED commercials are going to be there? And it isn't because you're old, because you're older or whatever, because of natural function, you lose natural function. Some of that perhaps, but oftentimes it's because of what we've done in particular, I think maybe a, a large group of this could be attributed to porn addiction. So you've talked about it first, sexualized culture. It's everywhere. You know, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 6, he says, flee from sexual immorality. It can't be any more, like, any more clear than that. He says, run away, do, do whatever you have to, shut your phone, put your phone on lockdown. That's the kind of stuff you mentioned. We talked about the addicted brain. We talked about isolation, or we, we hinted at isolation. I thought isolation was one of the interesting things, too, because, uh, and I, I may misquote this, and I probably will, and just correct me if you need to, but you say, um, that basically porn is an isolation problem that it's, yeah. it's, it's in essence, a community problem. It's an isolation problem. It's a loneliness problem, not just a, an appetite filler that it's really a loneliness. Uh, it, it's, it's because of, of isolation and it, that's caused or that causes this loneliness. So talk about that. And if I'm correct, please straighten me out, Ted. No. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think that's one of the things, you know, as we mentioned earlier that, you know, a sex addiction is, is classified as an intimacy disorder. Mm-hmm. And so when a person doesn't have, you know, connection and intimacy in their real life, then the fake intimacy of porn, man, has a much bigger draw. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's important for guys to recognize that because, um, you know, as we were talking about earlier, man, porn is you know, meeting this need for connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the oxytocin is mixed in because of, you know, masturbation and orgasm, there is a bonding that takes place. And I, I believe that the addicted brain and the oxytocin that causes this bonding, I believe it's a, uh, an illustration of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, when he says, flee sexual immorality, all other sin that a person commits are outside the body, yep. but the sexually immoral person sins against their own body. Mm-hmm. Well, the word that he uses for immoral is pornea, yep. which is where we get the word porn, of course. Yes. God puts an asterisk by sexual sin that it's different than the rest of the sins because when we sin sexually, we sin against ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I believe that a couple of examples of the way we sin against ourselves is our brains lock us into bondage. Yep. And then through oxytocin, we begin to bond to people and to things like porn that we wish we weren't bonded to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and man, there is a, a sinning against ourselves. And so, you know, again, it's, man, the more we, you know, understand scripture and the more we learn in science, the more it's catching up with what, you know, scripture said. So, uh, the importance of having community and authentic relationships is mm-hmm. huge. Um, no one gets free on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our program, which again, it's a free program, the freedomfight.org, um, a, a person can start going through that individually, but early on in the program, we will coach you up on how to get an accountability partner mm-hmm. because you have to have an accountability partner to you know, continue and and go through it and really get the maximum out of the program. And so we encourage small groups to go through it together because it's that, that, uh, you know, authentic relationship 
piece that when that is missing, man, a guy is going to look towards porn, uh, man, for that connection. And so that's a, that's an important element. And we've talked about, you know, the, the negative emotions, you know, as the fourth driver in how we begin to medicate those negative emotions. Um, and so one of the things that we teach, you know, through our program, we, we built an app that guys have daily check-ins and, you know, it takes two or three minutes, but you fill out, you know, you name your emotion, you know, type out, Hey, how I'm feeling, answer a couple questions and send it to your accountability partner. But what you're doing is you're, be, you're becoming emotionally aware. You're growing in your emotional intelligence mm -hmm. because it's one thing to recognize your negative emotion. And that's a first step, but then um, emotional intelligence is, Hey, I can communicate that in an effective way and I can navigate my relationships in light of this emotion in an effective way. Mm -hmm. um, and man, uh, emotional intelligence is important just in relationships in general in leadership. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hey, if a person is emotionally intelligent, they're just going to be better at a lot of areas of life. Uh, you know, leadership relationships, those, those kind of things. So um, you know, that's an important part of our program because what we've learned is when a guy starts growing in his emotional awareness and emotional intelligence, he can actually start seeing a relapse coming from over a week away hmm. because sense. he starts, because he starts saying, man, I'm, I'm exhausted and man, I know I haven't been, you know, man, getting time in the word. I haven't reached out. I feel myself isolating. Mm -hmm. I know that if I continue on this path, that man, in the next four or five days, I'm going to relapse. Mm -hmm. And so it gives him a chance that because he's emotionally aware, he can reach out for help and he can break isolation. He can, you know, begin to, you know, do those things that, that get him back to restoration. Um, and so those are the things that, that we teach and, and it's critical. Uh, and the thing is, man, in each of these areas, Chad, that when a guy comes out of, you know, when he's walking in freedom, man, he has not only renewed his mind, he's grown in his personal holiness, but man, he's learned to connect mm -hmm. with other men at a deeper level to be vulnerable and honest. He's grown in his emotional, you know, intelligence, which makes him better at relationships with his wife and, you know, kid. And, you know, it's just all of the things that God does through the process are really incredible. Um, What's so, really cool about this is uh, like my work in a new kind of man is centered on four different pillars. I call them, it could be called anything, but four different pillars. And all of it is birthed out of Luke 252, where it says that Jesus grew in wisdom. Mm -hmm. There's one pillar stature, second pillar in favor with God. There's another pillar in favor with man, four pillars. The last pillar is for us, it's relational growth. And part of that is relational integrity. And part of that is emotional health, you know, emotional yeah. intelligence. So, you know, even, even what we've talked about here, whether it was brace or talking about the roots we've talked about thus far or the addiction to porn and how to be free, you've, you've virtually touched on all of those. Like there's, a, there's a mind component, there's a physical body component, there's a spiritual component and there's a relational component. Yeah. So porn addiction, it, it is caustic, if you will, to us intellectually, relationally, spiritually, and physically. So guys, if you are, if you are a, 
or if you're somebody who's leaning into the pillars and you're trying to grow in this regard and you're, you're trying to kind of, you know, commit your way to God in this way, what you're, what Ted is saying is so vital to your whole journey and whether or not you think you're addicted to porn, if you're practicing the usage of porn, you really need to lean into this because you're going to be suffering because you're not going to be able to grow in these four pillars. If it's self-sabotage. Yeah, man. And Chad, I think that's such a critical, you know, point is man, porn use is costing us more than we think. Yes. And in so many areas of our life, um, you know, I mean, in the research, you know, is showing it that the parent who uses porn as is less connected with his wife, less connected with his kids. Mm-hmm. The man who uses porn talks about spiritual things less with his kids than the man who doesn't, you know, it's just, man, at every level, mm-hmm. um, the man who uses porn is less sexually satisfied. He's more lonely, you know, and it's just, you know, thing after thing, his doubts, his faith more just, man, all, all down the list. That's why I think it's so important and that, man, I really appreciate, you know, your willingness to, you know, talk on this topic is there, this is spiritual warfare mm-hmm. that is capturing the hearts and minds of a generation. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize the, the impact that it's having and, and how it's sidelining men. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's massive. Um, and so, which I know, we, I know we need to wrap up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, shame, um, man, is the, the fifth, the fifth uh, root of addiction. And really the thing that addresses shame is identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And because shame tells us, you know, guilt says I've done bad. Shame says I am bad. There's a self-loathing at the heart of shame. Mm-hmm. And a person, you know, and Christians struggle with shame with a porn addiction, um, you know, at a higher level, there's a, there's shame in any addiction, but particularly for the Christian who struggles with a porn or sex addiction and, and just the, the self-hatred that can happen, you know, afterwards. And really it's an attack on the gospel in our life because the person who regularly experiences self-hatred is going to have a hard time truly believing that they are loved of God, they are beloved. Uh, maybe they understand it intellectually, but are they really going to live out of that new identity they have in Christ? And um, and so that's such a you know a key element. That's why I have you know three chapters in the book because a person who understands that and is and is able you know to really live out of that new identity, um, you know, it's huge. And then the last uh, you know root is trauma and just recognizing, man you know, through trauma, whether that was, you know, abuse early, whether that was a dysfunctional, you know, home, whether that's a father wound, uh, that, man, there are certain, you know, deficiencies that a a person can have that leave them vulnerable, that allow them to believe messages that aren't true about themselves, that, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm a failure, hey, I'm never going to measure up, I'm not enough, whatever, whatever those lies are, and again, man, it gets back to Jesus's words. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we really teach people, hey, how to identify, hey, what are those trauma messages that I've believed that I need to replace with truth? And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's that's the process that we that we go through, you know, in the book and, you know, in our in our program as well. 
That's awesome. Well, Ted, I know that, that we are just about out of time. I want to finish my words and I want to give you a chance to have the last word, but I want to finish uh, and just offer words, just kind of a conclusion to what we've talked about today. And these are actually your words out of the book. Accountability plus spiritual disciplines plus address the roots equals freedom. I'll say it again. Accountability plus spiritual disciplines plus address the roots equals freedom. Those are your words, Ted, and I thought they were valuable. A way to kind of conclude what we've talked about, summarizing it, boiling it down. And uh, so I want to give you the last word. What is the just a, a quick charge of encouragement you would give to the guys who are going to be listening to this podcast? And then also, how can they connect with you? Yeah, well, you know, and I would just, you know, want to remind the men that, you know, freedom is the first step because, you know, Hebrews 12, uh, 1 tells us that God has a race for us to, to run. Mm -hmm. Lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that set, is set before us. And so, man, porn is both a weight and a sin mm -hmm. that is keeping us from running free. And, yes. you know, living up to our potential as the man, the husband, the father that God wants us to be. And we don't have to live that way. We can throw off the weight. We can get rid of the sin, you know, when we follow his path to freedom. And so hmm. I would just encourage, you know, you men that and freedom is possible and God has so much more that he wants to do in your life, hmm. you know, in the process of finding freedom. Um, and, you know, our website is thefreedomfight.org. Uh, again, it's a free program. And, you know, one of the things that I would encourage every man to consider is our 30-day challenge. It's a 30-day email-based program. Uh, man, you can sign up, go through with a group of guys. Uh, but, man, it, it just gives you a taste, a little, you know, five-minute video one day, a short uh you know, passage of scripture to, to talk about, and it just unpacks principles of recovery that are biblically based, scientifically informed, gospel centered. Um, and so again, it's a free program. Um, and then you can find our book. It's on our website. Um, it's also on Amazon. We have the Kindle version, you know, audible and, uh, the book is the freedom fight. Um, and so, yeah, we wanted to, man, get those resources out there and to equip men, uh, man, so they can run free. Amen to that. Well, Ted, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Hey, thanks for having me, Chad. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the New Kind of Man podcast. You've been given some good manly encouragement, and now it's your turn. If you found today's content helpful, go tell a friend and please leave us a review. Also, consider hitting that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now it's time for all of us to do what Theodore Roosevelt said. Create. Act. Get action. Do things. Be sane. Don't fritter away your time. Take a place wherever you are and be somebody. Get action.